Real Life Podcast. I'm Ray. Yeah. God bless y'all. So we got a special guest in the house today. We got Sister Lisa in here fixing to give her testimony. Sister, how you doing? I'm good. And once again, I got my beautiful wife, Crystal, sitting in. How you doing, mama? I'm doing good. My wife got that good cooking right now in that kitchen. When we're done here, we're fixing to go get fat. I'm not even playing with you. Kingdom music. Yes, yes, yes. I really hope that you guys have been tuning in to the podcast as far as these other segments. Uh, we just recently had a new subscriber from Guam. Something very, very interesting. Uh, we've been getting uh, different subscribers from all around the world. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to know that you know that God is using uh, this podcast to do great things for him, for His name. And it's not me, and it's not Sister Lisa, it's not my wife Crystal, it's not us. It's the Holy Ghost in us. God can can really use any of you if you really just put your heart to it, man. If God is telling you to do something to express yourself in the kingdom of God in a certain way so that the so that the ministry of Christ can can go forth man and people get getting saved man I encourage you to do so this vision wasn't easy but it's worth it because by the grace of God we are where we are today but I want to introduce uh, our sister Lisa she's got to give us her testimony I know oftentimes sister man we're we're in church and pastors like hey five minutes come on and you pass that five minutes they blink the light they blink the light twice and then they cut your mic. Here, we're not going to do that. Here, we have an opportunity to really know your testimony. I know that there's a lot of people in church, including myself, including my wife, who haven't really just heard the full extent of your testimony. Um, I'm actually pretty eager to hear it because ever since we came into the church about three years ago, you've been there long before we ever showed up. And, um, you know, I'm just curious to, to, to know, you know, um, you know, what brought you to Christ and some of the things that took place in your life. I'm, I'm eager to know, um, your testimony, man, because I believe that God did a powerful work. I, I go with you to outreach and you have an ability to talk to people that, that, uh, a lot of people that wish that they had a lot of ladies. And, uh, that's something to be, um, admired as far as, you know, other women looking at you in this way. Uh, truly, you are an example, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you got to say. So without further ado, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this is a privilege. So um, <clears throat> I am actually from here, Colleen. I'm from Colleen, Texas. Yes. Kylene. I'm from here, born and raised. Um, um, my family came here um not through the military, well, kind of through the military, because my dad was a barber on the military base. Whoa. Yeah. And so, and my mom, she worked for the school district. She was a cook. But um, I was raised in a two-parent home, um, and um, I have, it was six of us, and I was the youngest. I was uh, the baby. <clears throat> and so, um, we were pretty much raised Catholic. Um since I was the youngest of the six children, um, by the time it got to me, the church going was probably at its lowest. Um, and so I did 
get baptized as a baby. I had, you know, went to catechism and made my first communion and all that. And then as we got older, it kind of just, you know, we didn't go very often and, and we went on the holidays and stuff like that. But so I, I grew up knowing uh, who Jesus was, but I never uh, knew that I could have a relationship with him and that, and the reason why he died on the cross, I never knew that. I knew he died on the cross because in the Catholic Church they have a big old crucifixion and on you know on the wall and and Mary and you know so I knew who the characters of the Bible were, but I didn't know what the whole meaning was. It will it really I didn't catch the I didn't get the grasp of the message of the gospel, and so um, I grew up thinking, well, I'm a Christian, so I guess I'm gonna go. You know, I got baptized. You know, made my first communion. I didn't make my confirmation, so that kind of that'll come later in, in the story but so I figured you know I'm good I'm good I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm a Christian I'm gonna go to heaven you know and so um went on through my life and got older and then like I said you know uh we didn't go to church very often and 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 I my our home our family was starting to get really broken because my dad was a hardcore alcoholic my mom was just um I mean she drank and every now and then but she wasn't like an alcoholic like my dad but it brought her down, you know, her spirit, everything, just the alcoholism and the addiction that my dad had, it, it played a big role in our, in our family unit. And, and it got worse. And by the time I was born, it was like, it was pretty hardcore and it just deteriorated to where he eventually, it took his life. He, he died of um, renal failure from alcoholism at a pretty young age. He was only 64. And so um, from then, um, so Broken home. Um, so how old were you when he passed? I was, I took care of him, actually. Um, I was, my kids were young. I had both my kids. I don't know how old I was. I just know it was in 94. And he was 64. And so uh, I was an adult with two kids. I was living, uh, actually living in my home that I grew up taking care of him. He actually died in our home. Um, and so, but. Um, lost my train of thought now. Um, so yeah, just broken home. Um, so I, I had my parents actually got a divorce. Uh, well, they separated when I was a teenager in high school. And so my mom pretty much was just like, she told, always told me that I'm going to, I was trying to wait for you to graduate before I got a divorce because, you know, she was just living in turmoil with my dad. And so she kind of told herself that she was going to wait till I got old enough to understand and then, you know, go. Well, that didn't work. She started, like, going out, and she ended up, you know, finding someone else, and they split up. And I was, um, like, right 11th grade, almost a senior in high school. And um, so I had to – I didn't have a lot of guidance as far as um, – I didn't have a lot of um, uh, boundaries either, like – Pretty much, my mom was doing her own thing. She found her a, a boyfriend, and my dad was always in the in the bars. And so, me and my sister, we were the youngest, so we kind of like fended for ourselves. Like, we were I was in the clubs like at the age of fifteen, using my other sister's ID on. You know, like I started going to the clubs and clean, like literally, while I was still in high school. I actually met the father of my kids at a club on Fort Hood. He was a he was a, a, a GI. He was an army guy, whatever you want to call him, a uh, soldier. Yep. And um, so 
I, um, yeah, I, I, um, just was looking for love, you know, and cause I didn't, I didn't have it anymore. You know, my family unit was broken. And so I was just like following my sister and we were just doing whatever we, um, I just was, had no, no, um, parental guidance because I was just left to my sister. My sister was kind of just, she didn't care. Like, you know, she was like, you know, just don't get in trouble too much trouble. Cause then I'll get in trouble. And so we try to stay out of trouble, but you know, two teenage girls out, you know, doing whatever we, we found a lot of trouble. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, and so then I ended up having two, I ended up graduating by the grace of God. I did. I, and I, I graduated and then I, um, I fell in love with the guy that I met at the club and, and he ended up getting out of the military and he, I ended up following him to Cleveland, Ohio of all places, Cleveland, Ohio from Colleen, Texas to Cleveland, Ohio was like major, major, um, culture shock. Like I had never even been out of state before. And then I went to Cleveland, Ohio. It was like so different. And it ended up where, um, he had me away from my family. So he, pretty much did whatever he wanted. Like he started getting really abusive. Um, I had Sierra up there, my oldest daughter, she was born in Ohio. Um, and then he, um, he, he was the love of my life. Like he was, I loved him, you know, but he ended up getting addicted to crack cocaine. It was in the eighties when it started like really booming. And then that big city was like, you know, and so he got addicted to crack cocaine and I was just like, no, I didn't know clue what was going on. I had no, what, you know, he would be gone for two or three days. I'm like, where were you? You know, I was so dumb and so naive and from a small town and everything. And, and so, um, after that, um, I ended up coming back home. I was like, okay, this is too much. I'm, I'm out of here. I called my mom. I was like, please help me get back home. So she helped me get back home and I brought Sierra with me and I was like, I'm done with this. You know, he's, you know, not even the person that I used to know and, and he was, you know, robbing and stealing. And I was in an apartment with no electricity. We had a, like an extension cord to go out into the hallway. And I was just like, you know, what is, like, I can't live like this. And so I ended up coming home. But he ended up following me. Coming back, we got back together. And that's when I had my son Antonio. And then it ended up, he, he left again. And so then here I was with two kids. And single, I never married him or anything like that. And so... I was just like, oh, okay, what am I supposed to do now? So I hit the clubs trying to look for a husband because I didn't know where else to find one. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe I can go find me a husband in, in the clubs. But, you know, there's nothing in the clubs. <laughs> but um, <Nope>. clubbers. <laughs> Trouble. And, yeah. And so I ended up, you know, just going from relationship to relationship, trying to, you know, lo- basically looking for love in all the wrong places, getting hurt, getting abused, getting, you know, just – my look towards men were just like, uh, you know, because not only did I get, you know, a a culture shock and then a shock that, oh my gosh, this guy is not who he said he was. And he got addicted to drugs. Even before that, as I, when I was younger, I was also violated, um, sexually violated when I was younger. So then every, the, the only, and then my dad was an alcoholic. So the, me, a picture of men was very, very bad. I just didn't have a good, picture of men like a positive role model or anything no there was no man in my life that was say that I could say you know he's a good guy none and my, my dad let me take the back my dad was a good guy he was just a drunk and so did and you know the person that violated you 
Did <clears throat> I know him? Yes, he was a family member. Yeah. And so, um, you know, all that just kind of affects you as you get older without even know, realizing it, you know. And so here I am, broken, you know, brokenhearted. And so uh, going from relationship to relationship and and to the point where I just started, like, you know, how men use you, I started using men. Like, you know, oh, you're going to treat me bad? Well, I'm going to treat you bad, you know. And so then it got to the point where I was just like, I don't even need a man. I went to college. I was like, I'm going to make my own money where I don't even need I started to get into that independent mentality, like, you know, I don't need a man. I'll just do this on my own. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I went to college for a little bit, and I um, got a job. I ended up getting a, a uh, went to college for one thing, but I ended up getting a good job working for the, well, it was Sprint back then, but um, it was a call center. And um, and I started making really good money to where I, I said, yeah, I don't need a man. I, you know, forward my own place, my own car and everything. And and was taking care of my kids. They didn't need for anything and, and was just living life, partying on the weekends. But then my kids started getting older. And I'm like, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a good example at all. And so I was very, very selfish, you know. And so they ended up going their way, you know, like I wasn't a good parent. Without Jesus, man, you don't, you, you just, yeah. it's, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you just do whatever. Yeah. But, um, so, um, what did I do? Uh, yeah, just I was single and I started working for Sprint. And the funny thing about it is, a lot of the people where I worked in this call center went to the Potter's house. <laughs> God had you on his side, <laughs> well, no, <clears throat> even way back, my sister, my sister, when she was, um, before I even had my kids, she had went to the Potter's house for like a month, and we even went to a concert back in the day. Uh, outdoor concert but that was like that was just like the first you know I didn't even know but I knew and then I worked at Dairy Queen after I had my kids and I worked with Tracy <coughs> Stapleman mm -hmm. which is I don't know if you know uh, John and Tracy Stapleman okay. don't know one but I've heard of yes them. and so I've worked with <coughs> Tracy Stapleman so I knew she went to the Potter's house I knew she was a Christian and then um, I started working for the call center where um, there was more people from the Potter's house and they were all like and then the call center was right next to the Potter's house <laughs> And, and so that was that I wasn't even, you know, thinking about going or anything, anything like that. And, um, and, and, up I was working at a job and then the, our call center closed. And so, um, I ended up moving to Las Vegas, Nevada Whoa. in the year of 2008. I, I lived there a whole year and, um, why there? Because, um, my friend who I went in training class, uh, together with her, her husband ended up getting because he worked. We all worked together at Sprint. Her husband ended up getting uh, area manager position for the stores in Las Vegas for Embark at that time. It's CenturyLink now, I think, or I don't even know what it is now. And um, <clears throat> she was like, "Just come up here with us, and 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 he'll give you a job." I'm like, "Okay." And I'll, you know, my my mother had passed away, and my kids were like already like. And Antonio was 17. I did ask him if he wanted to go. He didn't because he had a girlfriend. He was like, and so I helped him get a place, him and his girlfriend. He was 17. And so nice. <laughs> I was like thinking. Oh. I was like, okay, here, go. And I'm going to go. Where was that? He was <laughs> and I'm going to Vegas. He was like, okay, bye. I was like, okay, bye. Be good. And, um, yeah, I went to Vegas, and then Sierra was with um, 
she was with the father of Sammy already. And so she was, you know, off with him. I lived with him at the time, I think. And so I was in Vegas 2008. And then um, Sierra and Sammy's dad ended up breaking up. And so Sierra came up there with me. And so I had, it was just me, Sierra, and Sammy was a baby. He was a baby. He was just barely a year old. And um, <clears throat> and then um, we found out the news that Sammy's dad passed away in a car accident. And so, While you were over there? Yeah. And so Sierra was devastated because she was like run. She was like wanting to get away from him, but at the same time she was still in love with him. You know, it was her first first love. But they were always, you know, they had a very vol, you know, volatile relationship. And so um, she went back home. And then when she went back home, she took Sammy. So I'm up there in Vegas alone again. And she kept calling. She was like, "Mom, you need to come help me. I can't do this by myself. You need to come home, come home." I was, and so she would like look and she. I was like, "Well, if I can get a job or a transfer, I, I'll come home." And so um, God orchestrated for me to come home. And the way He did it is just so crazy. So I ended. I was working at a store for CenturyLink, and Jose Montanez, who used to go to this church, was a manager for the store. And so he was at, he was going to the church at the time. And so I kind of knew him from the call center and I just uh, reached out to him and said, Hey, I saw that y'all are hiring. Did you hire somebody? He was like, no, I already hired somebody. Sorry. I was like, okay. So then I was like, man, I really want to go home. So um, like a few days later, he was like, Hey, she declined the offer. So if you want to come back to Texas, you know, you can come, y'all hire you. I was like, okay. He was like, how soon can you get here? And I was like, as soon as I can get my stuff in a storage, I'm, I'm there. And so that was, I started working like, the, like right in the, like December 2008 to in January, I was here, 2009. And um, <clears throat> it was funny because I knew who worked at that store. It was all Potter's House men. <laughs> I was like, Lord, and I, I was like, I'm going to go over and have to work with these holy rollers. <laughs> and I was like, Amen. oh, they're going to, they're going to start preaching to me. And I want to pray. Yeah. <laughs> like you know but it's okay you know and so I went there and I was like look I'm Christian okay I'm Catholic so y'all can back off I'm good I'm good and so um uh so it was it was four guys that worked there who were all and one girl she ended up quitting but at the time and it was me and and God is so funny he's so funny because he knew I had issues with men to begin with (coughs) and then you know just having to work with these, you know, and I was, you know, very, I was very prideful, very prideful, very full of myself, very miss know it all. Oh gosh. I was miss know it all. Like you can tell me nothing. (laughs) But, um, so I went there very like with my guards up ready. I was like, okay. So one of them, which was Ryan Scott, he, um, he pretty much was the one that was like started, you know, kind of challenging you know me a little bit not in a mean way but just in a like you know asking me what I believed in and why I believed it and you know you say you're a Christian why are you a Christian you know it just not not just like um it would be just in conversation it wasn't something that he set up or anything like that it would just be in conversation and I would get so mad at him because he would be like you know just telling me this and I was like you know what you have the right to your own opinion you know but I have my own opinion and he was like well can have your own opinion but that doesn't mean your opinion is right <laughs> so little things that he would say like you know just he would challenge me about the you know the catholic church little things like you know well you know you're not you know you're not supposed to worship mary it's like idolatry and 
Um, you know, you don't have to confess your sins to the priest. Just little things. And I would go look them up in the Bible. I would go look it up on internet while I'm just like, is that true? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what he's saying. Well, all the things that he was saying to me were true. And so it kind of just like, you know, I'll, you know, I just like, whatever. So, and then he would bring his wife in, Carrie, and she would come and talk to me. So they kind of befriended me and just were inviting me and, and, and they're really, really, really kind people. And so I was like, you know what? They asked me to go to church finally. I think it took me nine months to finally, you know, because they, they were asking me to church, asked me to barbecues, asked me to birthday parties, asked me all, you know, all the time. And I would say no, no, no. And then finally I was like, you know what? Let me just get them off my back. I'll just go. I'll just go one day. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And um, I went, and it was really, really strange because I walked in just coming from a Catholic background it's so different. So I didn't know what to expect because I actually never went to church outside of a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Never. So when I came, I didn't know what to expect. And so when I went, it was so uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable because I was, I felt what I know now was the presence of God. But at that time, it was just weirdness. It was weirdness, <coughs> uncomfortableness. And I just kind of ran out of there. I was just like, okay, I came. I'm done. I'm gone. But God, he had other plans. <laughs> and so, you know how the Bible says he draws us in by his spirit. He was doing that with me without, you know, hindsight's 2020. And so I, um, I went on vacation right after that. And lo and behold, my sister at the time was going to a Pentecostal church in West Virginia. And so she was, and I told her I had went to church and then she was like, oh, I'm going to church too. And I'm like, really? She was like, yeah, we'll go to church. So I ended up going to church with her twice in this week, in this week, um, vacation, which is really odd. But now I, when I look back, I was so glad because when I went to her church, I didn't go to the altar or anything, but I just know I went in there and I was sobbing. Like I was literally just like crying from the time I pretty much went in and to the time I left and. And I remember she went to the altar and I, I was so like overwhelmed that God was really just starting to soften my heart that I was just didn't know. I was like, I was like, this is so weird. And I just was like crying. I weeped and I weeped both services. <clears throat> and so on the flight home, I had Sammy with me too. He was four. And I, on the flight home, God was just like, you need to go back to that church. And I was just like, I don't want to. <laughs> and so I kind of made it up in my mind, even just coming back. I was like, okay, I'll think about it, you know. And so as soon as, as soon as I go to work, I think it was a Wednesday, I go to work and the first thing that Ryan says, Hey, are you going to come back? Are you going to come to church? And before I can say no, yes, came out of my mouth (laughs) and I couldn't think, I couldn't take it back. I was just like, Oh, and so I know I wanted to, but I didn't want to. And so when a yes came out, I was like, okay, well, it's a done deal. I can't take it back. And so I went, and that was that day, that night. I remember I bowed my knee, and I gave myself. I was like, you know, God, if you're real, I'm going to give you a try. I'm going to see what these people are about. Because I said I was a Christian, and they were Christians, but our lives were so different. And I was like, well, I want what they have. Whatever they have, I want it. And if this is where I have to come get it, this is where I'm going to come get it. And so I bowed my knee, and I never looked back. I never looked back. I just was like, you know what? I literally was delivered right away just from, from the, you know, the, the things that like drinking and cussing and smoking, like literally right away I was delivered. I didn't go back ever once to any of that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, maybe cussing every now and then, but <laughs> <laughs> but I never drank, never smoked, um, didn't go go out to the club or nothing, and um, literally I that was taken under the wing from the Scots, mm-hmm. and and the love that they showed me was just it was so genuine, and nothing I had never had. Like literally, I remember being so sick one day. I was sick. I was barely saved. And I was sick. I had got strep throat. I had a fever and um, just really, 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 really sick. And I had my son and and his girlfriend, which is his wife now, they were living with me. They weren't living right. They were doing all kind of crazy stuff. And I came home and me and my son got into it. And he ended up like throwing a lid at me and it shattered all. And I'm like fever, like my throat's closing. And, and I started taking medicine. I had went to the doctor and I was getting sick from the medicine and I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I just got in my car, and I went straight to the Scots. And I knock at their door, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm all like. <laughs> and because um, they told me, it's like, if you ever need anything, let me know. So I was like, okay, let me go see. <laughs> so I went, knocked at their door, and they took me right in. And they were like, this is an assault. You know, this is an assault from hell. And they explained to me what was going on, and and they prayed for me. And then they they um, pretty much – they. Um, took care of me the whole time I was sick. I even threw up in their bathroom and and mm. and I barely knew them. I threw <laughs> I know and I was like, these people are real. Like they are really just taking care of me. They didn't have to do that. Wow. They could have just been like, oh, hope you feel better and close the door and let me go. And but no, they took me in. I they even let me sleep in their room where all they took their kids and all of them went to the living room, and they you know they were kind of quarantining me, right. <laughs> and um but just to give up their, you know, their, where they sleep. And they all went to, and I was like, these people are crazy. She fed me soup. And, and then it took, I stayed there about like three days just wow. trying to heal. But I think it was more just not even just the, I was just broken mm-hmm. and they, and they were taking care of me and they took care of me like a good part of a good year before they left. They were sent out. Um, of my salvation, it was. If it wasn't for them, I don't know if I'd. I would have stayed saved. To be quite honest, it really is uh, people that help you to stay saved. Because who knows where I would have went or what ha- would have happened if if they wouldn't helped me in my early baby years of salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, you know, there's there's a lot of similarities in all of our testimonies. If you really just uh, catch some of the things that you said, you know, when we grow up and we're around family members that are not saved or we're around, you know, people, period, that are not saved, there's damage that is done. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, thank God you had both of your parents, but because your parents weren't, um, didn't have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it kind of turned out for the worst. You know what I mean? Um, for for very good reason, you know, I keep my kids extremely close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> because <clears throat> I understood what kind of person I was before Christ. I was a completely demonically influenced individual, but it, it was because I grew up in a broken home as well. But the broken home that I grew up in was was brutal, like brutal, um, to the point where you know where I was seven and I wanted to die. I literally wanted to commit suicide because I didn't want to live anymore. 
But when you mention, you know, some of the things that took place in your life, you know, your mom passing away, your dad passing away, I buried my mother as well. Um, you know, these things have a have have, a, have an effect on your soul. We have we have many different ways we cope with things, uh, we deal with things. Um, but you know, those violations are are real and they damage you, yeah. big time. You know what I mean? You, you're talking about how you were violated by a family member, and I, I and I think about that, and I say to myself, you know, it it caused you to put something on. Yeah, yeah. There's there's there was something that you put on as a result of that that caused you to look at men like you don't need them. You know what I'm saying? Because of your experiences with them, it caused you to put on this 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 mindset, this this protection. That now when you look at every man, it's with the mindset that you put on because of what happened to you. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with that, you know, as what would you say to someone who, who is dealing with that now? Yeah, I think that's why... Um you know, I say God is funny is because he knew that I had to fall in love with Jesus. So I'm going to have to see men in a different light. And I think that's why he put me with four Christian men at work. He wanted to show me that not all men are bad. And so they all like, I, it was so crazy because I was watching them because they all said they were Christians. So I would watch them and we worked right next to a gym. And some of the ladies would come in, you know, just half dressed. And I would see if they would like, you know, be looking at them. Just, oh, you're a Christian. Let me see how Christian you are. And they wouldn't. They were like all just like, they would look away. I was like, oh, these guys are different. You know, <laughs> a normal guy would have been like. Weird. <laughs> I was like, maybe they're gay or something. <laughs> I want to look at them a different way. <laughs> no, but they they were just genuinely faithful to their wives. And that's what I was like, man, these 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 dudes are really Christians like that's the only way I can think that something's different like I said that they were different and when I said I was Christian and they were Christian but it was very different and so from what you know people say who are Christians you know like what the world portrays as a Christian these were genuinely real Christians that I was working with and it showed in their ways they that how they talked how they lived and how they served God and so I think that's how when I say God set me up he set me up with because he knew that I was going to have to fall in love with Jesus, who was a man. And so, yeah, I think that's why I do it. That's so important. All you guys out there, men and women, um, how important it is to maintain your testimony. Mm. You know, what, what would have happened if, you know, every single day or every week you would catch these cats like, Nah, you already did it because you were looking for the proof, mm -hmm. but God gave you the proof. He took you to a place where there was man that was faithful. Yeah. I just think that God is so amazing when he does that because I remember he did that with me once, right? I was a Christian, you know, I became a Christian <clears throat> and, um, I remember going to TYC, right? It's basically a penitentiary for kids, uh, went there, you know, Got damaged there some more, you know, uh, like severely damaged. <clears throat> I turned into another person there, like literally. You talk about violations. I turned into another person there. I lost my mind, literally. But I got saved the last time I was in prison. So I, I went to a GED class, and I scored really high, right? 
And to the point where they're like, okay, we got to send you to another another prison where there's college because we want you to go to college. I'm like, bet, let's go. And there's AC there. What? AC in prison? I'm gone. <laughs> Holla at you. So anyway, I'm gone. So I'm thinking, man, I'm fixing to go get this education. I'm going to get, man, I'm fixing to get into this AC unit, man. Let's go. And as we're pulling up to the building, I'm like, said San Saba on there. I'm like, the same exact place. That, and this was the, 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 the place that ruined me, literally, as a kid. And I'm pulling up to this place. As a Christian, now saved. You know what I mean? But I'm in prison, but I'm saved. I'm pulling up to this place, just like you. You know, you had a, you had a problem with men because they violated you. You know, they, they, there are some things that happened to you. <clears throat> And those places in your life, but this place was still up. The fences were still there. Everything was the exact same. So I'm pulling up to this place and I'm sweating. I don't realize how, how bad I'm sweating until I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? What What is going on? I'm like, God, what are you doing? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I just want to leave. Forget this place, man. Forget the AC. Take me back, you know. But no, I got off. As soon as we walked in, everything was the exact same. I was, I went to the exact same wing I was at, the same dorm, the same exact bunk that I slept in. I was like, no way, no way, no way. So I'm like, and I'm looking at the corners of the place where things happen. You know what I'm saying? Things happened. You know, I was like, and I'm literally falling apart. I'm literally just falling apart. And I'm telling God, why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me here? told me because you you were broken here the enemy did a number on you right here that there's some things in you that that haven't left there's things that i want to heal you from but the only way i could do it is to bring you back here i'm like i'm crying like crazy you know so i'm like okay man let's let's rock and roll then and i literally went through hell there again but at the same time it wasn't like before. This time I had cried. So there was mainly just mind assaults. But it's amazing how God brought you to this place, this workplace, and, and, and all these men are here, and he's dealing with you here. And it's like God loves us so much that he's willing to go to the extreme to get, uh, to get us to, to clean out those wounds so that you can begin to heal. He did that for you. Yeah, I know. It, it's crazy because I'm like, it's so, it just showed me how much he loved me. Like, he loves me enough to, and I, when I say hindsight's twenty twenty, it wasn't till later in my salvation that I look back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was like, that's why he did that. Like, that's why, you know, I look, you know, you know, different times that we go to the altar, and we're just different times that when we pray and we, you know, meditate on, on, on him, and, and, and he reveals, like, little things, you know. And he just like, you're my daughter, you know, I love you. And that's why, because I want to use your life. I want you to be used in my kingdom. You're an heir to my throne. And so it's, it's crazy when, how God just gives us um, revelation of different things of, um, to show us how much he loves us. Like in different, just different, like whether it be your finances or um, prayers answered, um, 
just and he'll and some things are just so personal like it's just like god's like i got you you don't have to worry you know i'm the father to the fatherless you know and i i'm so glad i'm saved now because raising sammy like without you know a husband or his father like that scripture that he is a father to the fatherless man i stand on that promise all the time like i like god you you said you're a father to the fatherless i need you i need you now i need you with guidance i need you to help me and he's so faithful he's so faithful like he comes through for me all the time and he does hear our prayers <laughs> he definitely hears our prayers and is faithful to his word and so i'm so you know i'm so i'm so blessed and so glad that I am saved and serving God and, and am able to raise uh, Sammy in, in, in the things of God. Um, you know, I, I feel like I, he has such a bright future and, and I still, I still have a bright future, you know, like oh, yeah. I just, um, I couldn't see it any other way. Like I couldn't even see myself like backslap. I mean, of course I know not, you know, I know it could happen, but I'm just saying like, I, I, look back and I can't even imagine my life without Jesus. I can't. It's there's no way. He's been too good to me. Um he's provided for me and and yeah. I can't even there's no words to put in it the 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 love that he gives us. Yeah. Um It's like what you're saying. Um, I can relate in a lot of the things that you were saying, you know, being raised in the Catholic background. And the only example that we have sometimes is just, like you said, your mom, you know, she started going out, you know, to the clubs and then she had a boyfriend. So that was the example that you had. Um, Same thing with me uh, when my parents divorced, you know, my mom kind of, in a way, I felt abandoned neglected because her focus now was on her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and so me and my sister my brother were kind of left to fend for ourselves and so finally you know I just became very rebellious Mm -hmm. you know and you know my mom ended up sending me away to go live with my dad um, which was like the worst decision that she could ever make because that's when I really just started getting into a lot of trouble and just doing whatever I wanted because my dad let us do whatever we wanted and um but it's so true um, how those things, you know, when you're talking about that he's a father to the fatherless, that kind of really hits home with me because I always felt um, not that my dad was a bad dad, it's like you were saying, but he just kind of had his other, he had his priorities different. You know, his kids that, you know, eventually were not his priority once my parents split up. Um, and so, you know, to people out there who are listening, um, God is a father. He's a good father. Um, and there's there's no need to run to men or to relationships or to really desire it because it's not fulfilling. I did the same thing, you know, was in relationship after relationship after relationship. You know, never married until I married my husband. And I thank God that I never married before that. You know, I'm thankful that the first time that I ever married which is going to be the only time I ever get married was with my husband. Um, And God blessed that. Um, But there's something about just waiting and just 
just really trusting in God, you know, just really believing that he loves you. Um, and there's some, I think there's a special place that he has for single ladies, for women who, and probably men too, but I can just only speak like, you know, from what I experienced. I remember before I met my husband, um, I was a single mom for seven years and I was in a relationship that was not godly, but it was on and off. So basically I was a single mom raising my kids by myself. And I remember when I finally made the decision, cause I think during those seven years I was saved maybe like three or four and I started to notice, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing right. I'm not living right. And I knew it being in this relationship is not good for me. I'm damaging my spiritual walk. But I didn't understand. I didn't have anybody to teach me these things. I would read my Bible, but sometimes you need somebody to further explain, you know. And um, I remember when I made the decision to follow Christ, when I said, you know what, I don't want to be in this kind of relationship because it feels wrong. Something in my spirit just knew it was wrong, and I didn't understand why. But it was because you can't be in relationship with somebody who doesn't have the spirit of God. And he didn't have the spirit of God. And I remember just, you know, making the decision like you were saying, you know, like, you know, just just being with Jesus, just, you know, and that's all you need. And he is fulfilling. And I remember it was not an easy decision to make me because the enemy comes, you know, he comes like really hard and tries to kind of veer you the other direction but because God was so personal and so real in my life, I couldn't turn away from God. I knew he, he, he existed. And um, I remember just um, finally, you know, the enemy stopped because God knew that in my heart I just wanted him. I wanted to be in relationship with Jesus. And I grew in my relationship with Christ. And then exactly a year later, I met my husband <laughs> and I had told the Lord, I'm like, I don't want to be married. Like I made a decision. I just wanted to be with Jesus. And some people think it's weird, but when you know he's real, I mean, that's all you want because he provides. I was a single mom. He started providing in the most craziest ways where I'm like, yes, I was never lacking anything as a single mom. I never lacked anything. Because I trusted God and I didn't understand it. Now, years later, saved a little longer, I understand now that he loves, you know, when we give ourselves to him and we trust him. And um, I just thought that that was powerful because it's, it's, it's almost the same thing for me. Like I was just looking for love in all the wrong places. Sometimes we think that that's what we need, but it's not what we need. It's never going to fulfill anything, um, but it does bring along heartbreak. Because if you don't know God and he doesn't know God, then you're just going to, it's like two crazy people just coming together, <laughs> you know, yeah. your sins and his sins, yeah. you know, you're kind of just bringing them together. And so you're just making the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, y'all so. hear that? She didn't want nothing to do with a man, but <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I both showed up. I'm like, what's up girl? What's your name? You know, Jesus? She was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Jesus is awesome. Just, yeah. you know, single ladies out there, single guys even, I mean, just seek God. There's there's blessing in that. And, and he doesn't, it is true, he doesn't forsake you. He doesn't leave you. And um, there's blessing just, just waiting, just waiting. And I can, you know, and just real quick, I just want to say that I do thank you. I do appreciate your testimony 
you know, like my husband was saying, you know, we go to outreach and I mean, you're faithful and you're there and you're witnessing to people. And I love when I go with you because there's just a sincerity, you know, that you really, really love people and you, you know, you're really seeking after their soul, you know, because we have an understanding of, you know, what they need and we have the hope, we carry the hope and it is a privilege to walk by you. You know, when we go out, it, it's been a while, you know, but, um, I remember when I first started going to outreach, I'm like, man, I like going with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like, just the spirit of God is just on you, and, and and I commend you for that, you know, that you're still faithful in your walk, and, you know, you're a single mom, grandma, you know, raising Sammy, and I know what that is, and I commend you for that. I know how hard it can be, but at the same time, when you have Christ, it, it does become easier to be able to um, raise a child. Yeah. And, um, you know... Couldn't do it without yeah. without Jesus. I really I don't even can't even picture it. Yeah, <laughs> really I can't. It's just because he's been and provided in so much, you know, for us that mm-hmm. I can't even imagine not having him in the center of our of my home or my life. You know, just I can't even fathom it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to mention your daughter. Um, apparently. You've been having some good times with your daughter. You had Thanksgiving with your yes, daughter, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, uh, she didn't get to meet you on outreach when we were at Waco because we ended up leaving. But, um, yeah, so there's – I have a lot of hope for her. Um, she is going to be um, – she's at the halfway house right now, so she should be getting – hopefully – it just depends on uh, – it could be sooner than six months. But, um, you know, she – she wants to serve Jesus, and and I believe her. You know, um, <coughs> I know they say that you know when you're you know at a place that you know you'll say anything or do anything, but I believe it's genuine. Only time will tell. But uh, keep her in your prayers, because um, um, you know she being raised by unsaved. You know, I was, I was without Jesus for forty one years. I got saved when I was forty one. So raising my kids without Jesus, you know, I have a lot of regrets. Um, so if I can say any anything to young people, don't wait. Don't there's nothing this world can offer you. Nothing is going to fill that void. Um, you know, I was forty one years old when I when I bowed my knee, but if I could go back, I would have got saved young. <laughs> I would have got saved young. My life would have been so different. So I do wanna say that to to young people. Don't wait. Don't say I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Because tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow may not come. You know, the Bible says today is the day for salvation, and you will not regret it to give your life because your your life will be so, so different when you trust and believe in Jesus and he's in the center of your life. Your your life will be totally different. Um, yeah, I want to say that to young people. Just don't wait. Don't <coughs> wait. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what you know the media says, what the world has to offer. It's all lies. Only you can only find the peace that you're looking for through Christ, and not even just come to Christ for that. Come to Christ because because without Him you won't make heaven your home. Like because you you are we're a lawbreaker. We're lawbreakers. We break we broke God's law, and so in the only way to get right with God is through Christ, and that's why. God sent his son Jesus to us so that we can be made right because otherwise Mm -hmm. we're not Mm -hmm. going to make heaven our home. 
So that alone, don't come for the joy, the peace, and the love. Come because you want to make heaven your home because the Bible says that we are not right unless we have Jesus. Well, I can testify to this for sure. You know, when you mentioned your daughter, um, there were lots of people when I was in prison, I was saved. I got saved and I did 10 years in prison as a Christian. Got out of the gang and, and just went hard for Christ in there. So doing all the things that I was doing in there, and I've, I've, and I've got testimonies, powerful, man. What what God did, you know what I'm saying? Not me, God. But as soon as I got parole, or if, if you can call it that, it was only like a couple months. I had did my whole 10-year stretch practically, minus a couple months. But people were waiting on me to fail. Mm. You know, uh, they told me, okay, yeah. All of y'all, all, y'all always talk the same talk when you get out. You know what I'm saying? You, you'll, you'll, you'll be on, you'll be on for a little while, but then you'll die. It'll die out. So, <clears throat> sixteen years later, I'm still here. The reason why is because God had me. I've been through all kinds of hell, and you know what? Because I had winter prison in my past, there was a lot of uh, man. I got I I, I always get talkers. There's always someone, and it never fails. You know what I mean? Even to this day, there are people that talk down on me. You know what I mean? Because of my criminal background. You know what I'm saying? The things that I used to do when I wasn't saved. But I know that I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. So I just want to speak into your daughter's life, even now in the spirit, man, that there are people waiting for her to fail. And you can have hope in saying that she's genuine because... I came out with Christ in my heart, and 16 years later, I'm still here with Christ in my heart. Was it easy? No, especially when you got people that talk crazy about you. You really would just want to stop serving God because the people that talk crazy about you are Christians. You know what I'm saying? Those are the ones that hurt you the most when they do things like this. But by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit's like, man, you know, Jesus hung on a cross, and he said, forgive him, man. They nailed him to that cross. They spit on him, slapped him, you name it. And he was like, man, God, forgive him, man. That's amazing. So when your daughter comes home, and she will, I pray, man, that God just, man, just that his spirit just fall upon her, man, and that she begins to manifest, man, uh, you know, her own destiny in the kingdom of God, that she begins to get to work, for for God, man, and just uh, strengthen a relationship. Well, I know one thing. She has the upper hand because she has you. You know what I mean? As her example. Uh, and if there's anything we can do here, we're going to do it. Uh, because I know what it's like to get out and have people all over you, man. And uh, <clears throat> But I, I stayed the course because in all reality, people didn't save me. Jesus did. And when his word says that you're washed by the blood of Jesus and you're going to be transformed into the image of Christ, he's faithful to his word. And I stood on it just like you stand on it. And I speak it right now in Jesus' name that your daughter will be an awesome woman of God standing on his word, pushing along along with the rest of us to do the will of God and to be the best we can be for his kingdom. Man, I speak that now in Jesus' name. So without further ado, man, we just love you guys. Our time has run out. I really hope that you guys um, got blessed by this. I hope that uh, 
you know, there were things that were said that that touched your heart. Perhaps you're out there, and I got to extend the invitation. If you heard uh, uh, Sister Lisa's testimony, or even uh, snippets of my my wife's or mine, uh, and you know that God is tugging at your heart, you know that God is like, "Hey, man, you know you're not living right. You know that I can help. I can help you. I want to fix you. I want to. I want to give you a new heart. You're broken." God is saying, "I can. I. I got a heart for you." I got a new heart for you. That damaged heart, that damaged heart, I want to take that. Bring it to me. Because I'm faithful. And the new heart that I have is full of my spirit. I'm all up in there. And I want to put this brand new heart inside of you. I want to save your life. I want to wash your sins away. I want to make you right with with me. If you know that God is doing this with you, like Sister Lisa said, why are you waiting? It doesn't matter how old you are. Why wait? When do you know God is speaking to you now? So if you don't know Christ and you're listening to this podcast, I want to extend the invitation to come to Jesus. Come to Christ. So if you just repeat after me, if you if you know that this is touching your heart, just bow your head and just repeat this prayer after me. But I want it to be your prayer as well. So when you repeat these words, I want them to mean something to you. Just repeat after me, Father, in Jesus' name, I know you're tugging at my heart. I know I'm not right with you. I know my sins are taking me to hell. I know that my sins are destroying my life. I'm broken. Give me a new heart. Come into my heart, Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Save me from myself. And show me the way. I surrender my life right now. And I give myself to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if that was you and you gave your life to God, congratulations. It's the first day of the rest of your life. And get ready. Because the enemy's mad, I'm sure. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. And he's got a bunch of minions. But don't worry. Jesus says, I got your back. I got you. So trust in Christ. Get plugged into a church. Go to church. You know what I mean? A Bible-preaching church. There's a lot of boo-boo out there. Stay away from the boo-boos. Thanks. You go somewhere where they're preaching Jesus and him crucified, and that's the only way to get to heaven. That's a Bible-preaching church, man. If there's a potter's house or a door near you, please run to that place. That's a Bible preaching church. I can I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. So without further ado, man, we love you. We thank you. If you got saved, if you could do me a favor, go to that comment section. Give us your name and tell us, hey, man, I got saved. And uh, we will do everything that we can here at Real Light Podcast, man, to get you plugged into a good church. We got churches everywhere that we can get you plugged into. So if you got saved, congratulations. We love you, and God bless you.